It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. With me right now is David Bellavia. He's the only living Medal of Honor recipient from the Iraq War for his actions in Fallujah. Author of a new book, Remember the Ramrods, an Army Brotherhood in War and Peace. And a best-selling author in his own right. I believe they're making a movie on his last book. David, welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're from? Buffalo. So you know Kathy Hochul. Oh, I, I ran against Kathy Hochul. I know her very well. Right. Uh, yeah, she's a monster. In what respect? Uh, she's just uh, – I ran against when, – when I was running for Congress with Kathy Hochul, she was a – she was Annie Oakley. I mean she went to rallies uh, pro-gun. She got the NRA endorsement. Uh, she was a pro-life Catholic who talked about how illegal immigrants uh, shouldn't have driver's licenses. Uh, who and what happened now? I have – there was uh, – we've had a lobotomy. Something happened. Kathy Hochul is uh, – the, the worst type of politician are the ones – that sell themselves and completely do whatever they can for their ambition. She's a, I, I'm not a fan. Right. So she took forever to understand that crime is an issue in New York. But today she's going to fix it. Right. The next day. Right. Yeah. Uh, she lost by – she won by about four or five points over Lee Zeldin. You were in the political process as well as fighting all wars for this country. Why do you, th- why do you think Lee got so close and you surprised he didn't win? I'm I'm devastated he didn't win, not because of my partisanship, but because I think New York really needed it. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. These exit polls don't match up with where uh, the voters uh, – when you look at how – Certainly the, not upstate. I, was, no. I would be going upstate every weekend. Uh, it's, 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 it, listen, so many people have hemorrhaged. You know, New York leads the nation in, in mass you know, net migration of people leaving the area. But when, when you look at what New York – I mean th- the idea that we've got you know, the, the fresh water, the energy, all of these things that, that New York has. This, it's a beautiful state, hardworking. Uh, and yet what is the fundamental philosophy of bringing businesses to upstate New York? It's we won't – you don't have to pay taxes for 10 years. Well, isn't that fantastic? This is pr- pr- primarily right. the philosophy of of what uh, Reagan economics has been. It, it's maddening to me. So a couple of things uh, was pretty clear is that New York City still drives everything because Long Island is red. Staten Island is bright red. Most of New York State is red outside Albany in particular. So Governor Hochul uh, now, who really didn't do much, but connected, gave it $50 billion dollars. Do you, and realize how much pay for play is involved in that. And look, you've got you know there, there's a whole lot uh, that, that's going on with just uh, you know her husband and uh, the stadium deal. I'm a huge Bills fan, but uh, that stadium is not popular in New York State. It's not, and you know we're we're rolling out the red carpet. Well, we didn't vote on it. Well, no, did no one voted on. It. Matter of fact, I, I don't even think who was negotiating it. Everything was kept secret about the entire thing. The big reveal, like a Maury Povich. You know, we found out how much it was going to cost and the, the sweetheart deal and what they did to the Seneca Nation. Uh, it's it's damaging. What do you mean with the Seneca Nation? Well, the fact that the, the, the Seneca Nation had money that they owed the state. They were working on this. And Kathy Hochul just uh, took that money and, and put it towards uh, the stadium in Buffalo. Uh, listen, the Seneca Nation the, – they are fiscally responsible. Maybe they should be running New York State. They seem to be making a profit, you know? 
so in the big picture, the crime doesn't matter, uh, I guess, enough to, to change leaders. I think that Adams would have been a lot better off hooking up with uh, Zeldin because I think it would have put partisanship aside. What do you think uh, overall in this country that we don't seem to – we put the border maybe fifth most important thing, yet 98 known terrorists have crossed the border this summer. 98 have been caught. Can you imagine who we didn't get? Well, listen, I, I, I don't – these exit polls are so confusing to me. I, I'm supposed to believe that, uh, you know, democracy was on the ballot – Democracy? Yeah. Is that what we're led to believe? Immigration meant something to uh, Latinos in South Florida, but it didn't mean something to people South Texas on that border? You have three elected Democrats on the border of Texas running against some of them were spouses of border uh, uh, Maya Flores. It just makes no sense. So listen, the people are never wrong. Maybe democracy is on the ballot, and maybe we should do something at the federal level. You know what? Maybe I had an epiphany this morning. I believe we should have uh, federal law on elections. They need to be decided that night. This is ridiculous. We're still waiting. 99%. We're going to have a a Macy's Day parade before we find out what's going on in Arizona. Yeah, and and with that Maricopa County, the machines failed. It's ridiculous. Uh, There's no excuses. It snowed in Nevada, so they just shut the polls. Didn't we just nudge a satellite out of space with a rocket? I mean, is the United States still, uh, you know, coming up with cures? We can't figure out a ballot within a week I mean, Brian, this is it's within insulting. a day. I mean, look, Florida got it down after embarrassing the country for a while. Right. They fixed it. And Iraq does better with purple fingers than we're doing right now. It's it's a it's a shame. It really so uh, the first time I came across you was your book, House to House. Yes, uh, sir. And it was unbelievable. Thank you. And, and, and if there was anything, any book. That should have been a movie. It was it. And sure enough, where is the movie process? You know, this whole thing, I, I'm actually the most stubborn person in the movie process. Uh, I, I just I want to make sure it's good. I want it to be. I just saw that All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix, the World War One epic. That's how you make a war movie. You know, it, there's no politics in it. It's war. It is what it is. Uh, it blew me away. I want my movie. Then I don't want it to be Starship Troopers. I want it to be like a, a, a this. These are my friends, and I want it to be good. I want it to be real. Excuse me if I have anything inaccurate, but basically, House Task, you should know this, uh, David. You open up in the book, and you're you're being robbed. Your house is being robbed. Yeah. And you walk in, mm-hmm. and you notice the robbery, and your parents are in a room. Right. And when you came in, they were hoping that you would save the day, and you kind of froze. <laughs> right. So, and you regretted that. Absolutely. I, I was a, a college kid who, who, you know, didn't defend his family. It was the worst experience of my life. It's one of the reasons why I joined the military. That look in my dad's face of you're just not ready for life. It was it was emasculating. And but you ended up going to the da- most dangerous place on the planet on the most uh, dangerous time in Fallujah. And you ended up going house to house and you ended up in hand to hand combat, literally choking out some terrorists. And your greatest, you you tackled your greatest fear head to head. Mm. It's almost as if it was a movie. While I'm reading it, I close. I go, if this isn't a movie, I don't know what is. It, it, you know, it was one of those things where you know the house was rigged to blow. There were like five guys in there, uh, and and our unit got trapped down. Now this all happened. This is the anniversary of the Battle of Fallujah, 18 years ago today, uh, is, is when that whole thing you know went down. So you have a new book out now. It's called Remember the Ramrods, an Army Brotherhood and the War and Peace. So with you getting the award that you got and earned, uh, you came across your old guys again. Yeah. And what did that mean? 
It meant everything. Uh, this is uh, – I thought I missed the war for 15 years, uh, but I, I missed my, my friends. I missed that, those relationships. That's what we fought for. You know, Americans on the battlefield, there's not a dental plan. There's not a college loan in the world that makes you do what our servicemen and women do. It's for each other. It's for our country. Um, and, and that relationship, having them back in my life, this award allowed that to happen. And uh, it, it, it really has made my life so much better to have them back. Medal of Honor recipient. What I mean, so you get them in, but you bring the guys back in order to, to relive those moments. Did you suffer any PTSD from that? Did you find yourself running through these battle scenes over and over again? Yeah, I mean, I think it's weird when your whole military, you know, the worst day of your life is something. You know, Chuck Yeager just died. He was like 99, but we just talk about the sound barrier when he was 24. <laughs> You live cryogenically frozen in that time. You think, did I peak in my 20s? You know, 20 years removed from combat, you think, you know, this is something. Am I going to do everything to match that? Exactly. You know what I mean? You don't want to have, for 15 years, I felt like Susan Lucci, you know, like nominated for a daytime Emmy, but you didn't get it. It's an honor to be nominated. This award was never going to happen. Out of the blue, it does happen. And now you're thinking to yourself, you know, well, what do I do now? I give this award to a kid that can go and hang out with Hollywood, you know, people and have fun. I, I'm an old man now. I just want to live so, my life. So it's very interesting. I think this applies. I, I'm in California. I know absolutely no one. So I just go out to a field. and I grab a soccer ball and I'm just I'm kicking the ball against the wall. And a guy comes over to me and I'm like, he looks familiar. And he goes, yeah, I used to play soccer a little bit. It helped me with my boxing. I look at him, and it's uh, Ray, Mon- Ray Mancini, and he's about 40. He looks, boom, boom, he, Mancini. Yeah. So he walks over wow. to me. It was, in, it was in Malibu. So I started going to him. I go, you know, I, was do, I do sports on all sports radio. I go, would you ever hop on? He goes, yeah, here's my phone number. And I said, uh, and it was, he's so transparent. He's like you. He reminds me of you a little bit. And he just starts telling me. He said, uh, I had a huge heart. I go, what are you doing now? He goes, I stay in shape, but it's nothing to say. I'm playing in the softball league. I said, well, how do you deal with the fact that you're no longer champion? He said, well, I had to go see a priest. And the priest just told me this. And I don't love his answer, but he had no problem with it. The priest says, whatever you do in life is not going to match what you've already achieved. Hmm. Get used to it and set new goals. So wow. get comfortable with the belt and get wow. comfortable with being 40 and move on. Now, I felt like he moved on. I haven't talked to him in the last 10, 15 years. But it's tough when you get to the mountaintop and you get there. What happens when you achieve your goals and you have so much of life ahead of you? That's really, I mean, wow, that, that's is that applied? That what you does. And I, who would have thought that uh, wisdom would come from Boom Boom Mancini? But that that is no. You're absolutely right. You you feel like you know what is else out there? I remember when I got this award and the news broke. A coworker t- told me some guy with your name is getting the medal of honor. <laughs> like uh-huh. they had no idea. They had no idea. Who you're, you're just living your life. You're trying to put that away. Uh, you don't want to be known for for that. Uh, you know, coaching soccer with you know my son. I remember I had parents that came up to me after House to House came out, and they said, you know, we're not really comfortable with you coaching our kids, you know, because, you know, red card, you might you might go off, you might lose it, you know, whatever. Did you laugh or did you get angry? Did no, you, did... I mean, what are you supposed to do? I, I, I get it. I understand it. It's When America gets used to violence and that's the tragedy of what's happening in our streets. Right. Is that there was a time when you heard a gunshot, you assumed it was a car backfiring because you didn't know what a gunshot was. Now we're like nine millimeter, about four millimeters <laughs> away. <laughs> well, you are. You anyway, yeah. Everyone knows because right. it's happening all the time. It's horrible. Well, you know what's so interesting is that now most of these subway attacks are, are hand-to-hand. 
you know, stab in the neck. Uh, this other guy, I was just one of the stories today was a man on the A train, on the number one train, just gets punched in the face and knocked out. The sucker punches from behind. So where people go, yeah, get guns off the streets, like Kathy Hogel, get guns off the streets. No, that's not the problem. That's not the problem. It, it's it's it, unbelievable. I mean, I, I honestly could tell you that there are places downrange overseas you know, that this is not what America should be. We're better than that. And right. it's not about a, no political party owns that. That's what's so disturbing about this is that, you know, we, we've broken into factions and we're tribal and everyone's got their little team. My guys, we cancel each other vote out. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we just got our business done and, and we handled ourselves. And it's so stupid. David Bellavia is here. His new book is out. You got to go grab it. I know everyone's focused on the election. But in a couple of days, we'll get all the results. We'll find out who's in power, or maybe December uh, December 6th. Uh, but pick this up now, and you could download it like me. I prefer to download books. You want to hold them? Yeah. Ra- Remember the Ramrods, an army brotherhood in war and peace. Back in a moment. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Hey, welcome back. We have a few more minutes with David Bellavia, and his book is now out, Remember the Ramrods, an Army Brotherhood in War and Peace. Tell me what the book's about. Book is basically uh, just uh, the process of behind the Medal of Honor is pretty crazy and secretive and, and weird. Out of the blue, they call you up. You think you're being investigated. You almost think like you're going to jail. You know, I got a, I'm the first guy to get a lawyer when <laughs> you, you find out you're getting the Medal of Honor. Uh, but the book is about veterans 20 years after war. We all process life differently. Uh, we have to remember who we are. We have to remember the the folks uh, that served with us. A lot of guys are going through things that we can save each other from. A lot of the addiction and the suicide and whatnot. But this book is about remembering, you know, your your tribe, remembering your roots, and realizing that the war is just something that happened. The people are the are the things you miss and you love and you want them back in your life. So, I mean, you lived it. You fought for the country. And for that, and envious, you should be a, every day you've already won. That's how I, that's how I view you. Uh, hopefully you view yourself the same way. But I love talking about American history because there's a war in history. Yeah. And the second book that I wrote is Thomas Jefferson, The Tripoli Pirates. And you just told me the connection you have. I knew there was a mission to bring back the guys that, uh, that, were, uh, that were blown up in that mission, and they were buried in Tripoli. What, did, what could you tell me about it? So uh, Qaddafi in the 60s, uh, when he took over in a coup, uh, there was a Protestant cemetery that was right outside. There was a military base there for years uh, before Qaddafi was in power. Uh, so Americans and non-Muslims were buried in this Protestant cemetery. But there was always a rumor that that's where uh, Summers and the men from that mission uh, were, were buried in a mass grave. We had tried for years and years uh, to get those remains home. Annapolis wanted them home. There's a, a town in New Jersey, Summers Point, named after Richard Summers, that wanted you know their patriarch home. Uh, for years, these parents would beg any American sailor going overseas, bring our guys home. We know they're gone. Just bring our bodies home. What that means to families. And so when we started to hear that there was unrest in Libya, a, a lot of these people were saying, "We, you can get access to this. And, and it wasn't a matter of anything other than doing the right thing. These are the first Americans to die overseas uh, in battle. We had a brand new Navy. Uh, we're taking on these uh, the Islamic radical terrorists, 
and uh, our guys get blown up in a mission to go ashore. Right. So so I was freshly home from the war. I didn't really, you know, I, I missed it. I wanted to, and I met all these Navy SEALs. I met all these guys, Marcus Luttrell, Chris Kyle at the time yeah. before they were, you know, superstars, and said, let's let's get a group together. One minute left, what happened? And let's go get them. And, well, we, the Civil War broke out. And so the Navy said, you know, by the way, if you show up in Zodiacs and start cruising out to Sicily, we might just light you up. This is a really stupid idea. Uh, and uh, we a- identified them, uh, and the DOD eventually put a wreath down and said, yes, this is where they lay. This is official. So there maybe one night <laughs> we might see David come back with the remains. Uh, David Bellavia, congratulations on the book. Remember the Ramrods. Go pick it up today. David, always great to see you. Thank you, sir. All right, and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine next time we talk about yes, it. Yes, sir. Because it's a mission, I think, worthy of our time. Don't move. Brian Kilmeade I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.